We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And today we're going to talk about whether or not Lakers can pull off Game 6 and how they can go about doing it. I think before we get into any of the on-court stuff, any of the X's and O's, there's a a leadership component to this, right? They got rocked in Game 5, and it would be very easy to have a 1-2-3 Cancun approach to Game 6, being that AD is out. We've suffered a lot of, a, a friend of mine described this season as death by a thousand cuts, which I think is an appropriate way of putting that. And the the worst of all being AD's injury that that's kept him out. So there's a certain psychological component to we can do this, right? That in order to do it, you have to believe you can do it in the first place. And Mike, you've played competitively at a, at a pretty high level in a different sport. And the legends of your athletic achievements, you know, have inspired nicknames. But <laughs> <laughs> but you understand the team environment, right? Both competing and being around the team. There's a, a certain like on the floor, the mood of the guys, the mentality of the guys that – I think we need to be picked up. And I think uh, in terms of leadership, the leaders of this team will be responsible for whether or not that happens. I'm curious your thoughts, man, on how do they get into that state of mind of belief? Like we can do this even without AD. And then this is what we're going to have to do. Yeah, Pete, it's, it's a really fair point to think about that part of the psyche um, of and, and an athlete at this level at where you've been. Barring some, you know, real weird stories and some exceptions, you have been at an elite level for many, many years. And that brings with it a certain set of confidence that brings with it a certain set of uh, swagger. And Frank Vogel always talked about that last year and most often in terms of Rondo. 
And when AD and LeBron are there, I'm sure like having it come from somewhere else, like a Rondo or even from a, a guy like a Jared Dudley has a little bit of that um, when he's not playing, it, it's, it's a little different. And so you need it to come from somebody else, but that, that part of the Lakers did seem to go away a bit when Davis went down uh, this most recent time. And LeBron's always got, got it right. He's just by the nature, just by who he is by walking on the court, but he needs help with that. And there are some other guys throughout points of the season. Dennis Schroeder had some of that swagger early, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side of the court, I think. And uh, Montrez Harrell had it in pockets, uh, like in March when AD went out and he was playing a lot more with LeBron and like Alex Caruso has it at certain times. Like they're, they're even, so that hasn't been there though, aside from LeBron in the last couple games in the last game and a half. And that to me is what is, is going to be difficult for them to find in game six. Now, can the fans give them some of that? Can they get a, can they get a boost just by hitting a couple of shots? Well, Markeith Morris hit his first three, you know, uh, LeBron hits the three, they go up eight to two, or maybe I guess it was eight to three Booker had hit a three. So I, the, the question Pete and why I'm kind of, I'm going on a little bit here is that I don't know because we haven't seen this before where they've been down and they've needed to call upon it and they didn't have AD to go to. He didn't miss, like everyone talks about the injury stuff now, Darius, he didn't miss a playoff game last year. You know, he was there. And so that's the, the unknown that I think is a little bit could bring out some trepidation is that where do they get it from? They tried every lineup that they could think of in game five. So to me, it's, it's got, it's almost more of just a back against the wall, you know, uh, let it fly, got nothing to lose, just got blown out, uh, home crowd collective. But I, I wish I had a better and more direct answer uh, to Pete's question, Darius, about where that's going to come from. Yeah, I, I actually don't know where it's going to come from either. There's a certain amount of we can do this that's needed, but we can do this also depends on things actually going right on the court, right? So, Mike, you often talk about um, all of these players certainly have confidence. They all have a sense of belonging within the context of, of the NBA or the team or their role. But I also think it's disingenuous to say that that's a constant thing that's always there for all players, right? And I'm not saying that you were saying that, Mike, but I just think these guys are humans just like us. And belief is hard to fake too, right? Like the idea that we can do this, I can do this. That isn't there. All the, there are times where we all doubt ourselves, in depending on the circumstances. Everyone's confidence can be shaken, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be truly, like I would say, like the top one percent of these guys who are already in the top one percent of everyone else. Those are the guys who sort of walk around like. I don't care what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the best dude, right? And there are some dudes, like, <laughs> I was thinking about that Nuggets game the other day where it was like the Austin Rivers game, right? And so there are certain guys who carry themselves like that. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is like the poster, and, and, and it is a wonderful attribute to have, even yes. if you're not the best player in the league. That self-belief is, I, honestly, I think that's something that, people in general lack and that thrive when they're able to, to harness that. Now, stuff like that cuts both ways too, right? Because when For you sure. think you should be taking X shot, right? Like I've seen Celtics fans complain about Marcus Smart 
like that for for example like oh biggest shot in the game right <laughs> it's marker smart time that's it's right. my time now right and so all of that can cut both ways but the lakers are going to need a little bit more of that and conjuring that out of nothingness is hard enough conjuring it from a place where you just got your butts kicked you're down one of your best players and the prospects of if this this could literally end our season it there's a multiplying effect that um concerns me about this specific game right and, and so i think the best way for things to turn turn around is for them to have success on both sides of the floor and to have things snowball in the right direction for them versus what happened in in the last game. I thought the last game was was rough for a variety of reasons, but it was more so the fact that everything that could have gone wrong from the Lakers in terms of like we've done a lot of things right this this possession. We forced a miss. And then someone comes in and Tips the ball, tips the ball. Now it's a 50-50 chance and Phoenix is just quicker to it, right? Like we've broken down their defense, swing, swing, wide open three, and it misses. And then on the next possession down, Phoenix is hitting like a contested three or, right. or Booker is shooting over the top of two defenders and that goes in and there mm-hmm. is a force multiplier in the other direction. It's not, it, it's, it's not just like, oh, we miss, they score. We miss, they score. We miss, they score. Like timeout, like, oh shit, it's starting to pile up. It was, it was the extremes in which those things were happening the last game that, that I thought was really that knockout blow that we talked about on the last pod, right? And so I think returning, to putting some of those things back in the right balance should help this team mentally, but success is what's going to breed confidence, right? Like that's the theory behind the hot hand. It's not that it's, it's not like, Oh, I'm hot. I can't miss. It's, it's that these guys are so good that they start to feel a little bit of success. And it's just like, Oh, now, now I'm in my bag a little bit and you can see it when guys are feeling that good. And it's been a long time, I feel like, in this series since anyone has felt like that. It, it was probably that LeBron Second sequence. Second half of game three. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And so that's over two games ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the point to tie in, Pete, is they don't, they don't necessarily have somebody who right now is playing a certain way that feels like it can threaten the specific defense that Phoenix is playing. With Aiden camped out at the rim, with their wings pressuring, you know, with Booker and Paul being physical on the perimeter, they and more, you know, more Paul than Booker there. There, there hasn't been something like whether it's THG drives or you know shooter screen roll or just something that's going to work there because the the secondary action for the Lakers is like more like an AD post up as opposed to a LeBron screen roll. So they're. There isn't that to me is where their source of frustration has been and where like, yeah, OK, we're going to get these open shots, but they're not really feeling like they're going to go down. So that foundational element to the offense, which I know you spent a lot of time thinking about this year and you could simplify it down into half court offense. Like that's the part now where that's really come full circle without Anthony Davis. Absolutely. And that's why both that point and Darius's point about there are certain guys that have that confidence no matter what. We've got one of them. It's LeBron. And that's that's why 
if we're going to win this game, I think it's essential that we get off to a good start. And I think that getting off to a good start means LeBron James hitting threes in particular, because Phoenix is not going to change their defense until we start making shots. We've run a lot of ball screen action for LeBron, and that has led to those open threes that role players have been missing. Him hitting those five threes in the third quarter was the one ray of light where I look toward game six, where it's like if if he hits three, four threes in the first six minutes or so, which is a big ask, but LeBron James is capable of that. That installation of confidence in everybody else is going to have to come from LeBron showing that he can be LeBron and that slots everybody else into a more appropriate position. It's not the same as if we had LeBron and AD, of course, but LeBron having a 40, 45 point night as a scorer or showing that potential early on, right? Like Booker did last night, that 18 in the first quarter type of quarter. Again, a big ask, but that to me is one of the few pathways to not ju- not just from an X's and O's perspective, but from a confidence perspective, because what we talked about in the last episode, Darius, about the team got rattled in that first quarter, they got shaken, and then there was a knockout punch very early. And so if we go down 12 to 2 or something to start this game, it's probably really bad news for us. We got to jump out quickly, and I think LeBron as a score is essential to that. Well, I think, too, that there is a, there is a certain part of... A phrase I've used a lot in life is like, fake it until you make it, right? Fake it until you make it. And mm-hmm. sort of the idea of like, act act like you belong and one day you will. Hey man, I, I called myself Laker Film Room one day and like, eh, figured it out, right? <laughs> you know, like, let's work toward it. Well, you know, even me, right? Like, I took over this site when I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? Like, No, like, same, same. I, I had written some posts for Kurt at Forum Blue and Gold and then and I was contributing behind the scenes and one day he got an opportunity to go do something that he really wanted wanted to do and it's just like mm-hmm. hey I don't want the site to die like Darius do you want to do do this and I was just like like I don't know if I can right mm-hmm. like and and, and that's I, how most people feel when they're approaching new situations is like I'm not sure if I can do this it's a daunting task ahead of them and so there's a certain amount of trickery that you have to play on yourself. And, and that's where I yeah. was going with this, right? The Lakers are in a position where they can go in a direction where they feel pressure. If we lose this game, our season's over. We're mm-hmm. the defending champions, right? Like we're at home. And all of that stuff can start to be something that you carry with you. And the more things you carry in life, in your psyche, the more mm-hmm. it's going to impact your day-to-day ability to perform the thing that you really need to perform at, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone has work stress and, and life stress and all of this other stuff. And if you continue to carry that stuff throughout your everyday life, it's very difficult to be the best version of, of yourself. and. So when I say fake it till till you make it, it's more the idea of the Lakers need to invert that idea. They need to be like, shit, no one's picking us to win. Mm-hmm. We ain't even supposed to win this game. Right. 
right? We're like, my, con- we're my concern, the- man, is that we haven't seen that from this team. We ha- I, like this is what I hope for, but I'm just I'm really skeptical about it. I'm skeptical that they can do it too, Mike, because they have not been the underdog the entire year. They've been the favorite. They've been hunted all season long, and they've won some battles and they've lost some battles. But their reality has changed now. Yes. And living in the old world of we're the Lakers and we have LeBron James and right and we're we're the top. No, no, you're actually not anymore. Right? Like last year, you won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Right? Then six months ago, you gave a lot of money to family and then you did a bad investment. And now guess what? You're just a regular dude now. So it's time to change back up a little bit. So I'm not saying that that's going to be easy, but there is a certain amount of freedom that the team started to play with when the game was out of reach. And what I'm trying to figure out is, is there a way that they can recapture that freedom? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. LeBron hit five threes or six threes or whatever he he hit. That's you know why? Saying. Because none of those shots mattered. That's right. None of them mattered. There were no stakes anymore. Mm-hmm. And and while the stakes are at their highest the next game, in game six, because if you lose, your season is over. I think that's the wrong way to look at this entirely because if they focus on the outcome so much, then that can be paralyzing even to the very best and the very elite of the elite. That's usually a bad thing to do with anything is to focus on the outcome. That's the whole chop wood, carry water is you focus on the details of the tasks that you have at hand. And then the outcome ends up happening as a result of that. If you look back to one specific playoff run that I always think about and the so my first year covering the Lakers in 08, 09, and they play Houston in the first round and clearly the Lakers are better. And and yet, right, they go into game five even and they win game five by a million. You know, I don't know if it was 30 or 40 and then they go and lose game six and then they win game seven by a ton again and what and what i'm kind of you know i'm i'm fearing part of that type of thing coming out again where the lakers can find some way you know and just all of the stuff darius is just talking about and but then are they going to convince themselves that they can not only win game six at home but then go to the place where they just got wiped off the floor with the same exact roster and win that game too because what's difficult for these guys, I think, is to is to keep all of that. You know, LeBron is, is really good at this focusing, keeping the main thing, the main thing, right? Just the thing in front of you. And most people are not. Most people are human. And that's where um, that's where these series sometimes evolve and get into. And so that is why I, like, I think it's so important for them to try to not just, you know, eke out a win and do it by effort in the home crowd, but like to find something that works basketball wise against this roster and it none of it was working in Phoenix but maybe in this home game they can establish something something that just works along those lines and that's what we're going to talk about in the second part of the pod is the basketball stuff if they have the spirit if they're able to to bring that and these two things are related to each other as Darius said the more success we have early on the more spirit and belief that we'll have so when we come back we're going to talk about how that will look in a basketball perspective If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. 
As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. That's bwhustle.com backslash join. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MBB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Darius, what's your starting lineup? I mean, I probably start Mark, LeBron. If KCP is available, I probably start KCP. I probably start Wes and Wes and Dennis. Like I could see starting Caruso. Yeah, I'd start Caruso instead of Dennis. I, I agree with your starting lineup, with the exception of that. So you would start. You would not start Dennis. It's this isn't. It's. I think it's absolutely essential that we get off to a good start, and that. In this, in the idea of their spirit and belief, Wesley Matthews always plays the same way. Yes, Alex Crusoe always plays the same way. Mark Gasol, right? 
LeBron, obviously. I think you need your five guys who you know and trust are going to play to the best of their abilities and really bring a level of assertiveness that I don't trust in Dennis at this point, not after that last game. And in a do or die scenario where you don't have a tomorrow, if today doesn't work out, I'm going with a guy that I trust a lot more in Alex. The implications of that are super interesting to me because there are subplots with everything around Dennis that I feel like in some levels, that stuff has informed a lot of stuff this season. Some for good, some for not as good. I love Caruso, so I'd be totally fine starting Caruso. I thought that he was one of the guys who seemed ready to compete the last game. He just wasn't That's successful. That's what I'm saying. He mm-hmm. just wasn't successful at what at at what he was doing. The shots that he was taking, he was showing no no hesitation. He was taking them in rhythm. He knew when he had to shoot. He knew when he had to pass. It wasn't always perfect, but no one's a perfect player. So I do think that there are tactical things that work with the proposed lineup that that you said. I'll be very interested to see which direction Vogel goes in because Vogel has been this is his first back against the wall like game from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot, I feel like, over his two years as as a Laker coach to make in-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, for for example, where you can make real line lineup changes and that are unprompted, not prompted by injury, on, only prompted by what needs to happen on the court. And I'll be very interested to see what he does from the start of a game that is must win from the very beginning. And he's always been relatively slow, right? Like the whole idea of game one being the feel-out game. We'll talk about that at another point. I'm still irritated about game one considering our circumstances. But that whole idea of I'm going to let you throw the first punch and I'm going to counterpunch, this is in a scenario, Mike, where we can afford to wait, right? Where we can afford to counterpunch. And so it's a, it's a different position to be in from the coach's perspective. Just run through real quick again your, your respective starting fives. So if KCP is healthy, uh, AC, KCP, Wes, LeBron, and Mark. Okay, Darius. And and, and Darius is the same I, with Dennis I, instead. And I had originally said Dennis instead of Caruso, and I would still start Mark. Dennis would probably be my first guard off of the bench, and I'd be ready to play LeBron for 40-plus minutes like Vogel was the last game. So it would be something like that where – my I don't want to say my hook with Dennis would would be early, but I would want to give him an opportunity to perform. In theory, the Lakers need what he can provide. I'd like to know very early on if he's ready to give it, but it's tricky. My argument is that we don't have the time. I think that getting off to a fast start in this game due to all of the factors that we've discussed regarding their spirit and belief to be able to win, I think it's essential that that we get off to a good start in this game. I understand the implications of what I'm suggesting yeah, yeah. on other levels, right? But if we want to win this game, I th- I, that's where I'd go. I'm not so worried about implications uh, at this point. So I'm not worried about potentially hurting feelings and stuff like that. I'm more thinking of what what knowing Frank Vogel and how he likes to do things. What is it? What are they going to do? So in mm-hmm. my it, like, so I kind of agree with Pete's point if uh, about Caruso, uh, at least to an extent where. But I don't I don't think that makes enough of a difference in 
like to Frank to when they're putting the game plan together. And I'd say the same thing about Mark, like Mark against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It's just not been a good matchup. Uh, it's just not, they are, they're hunting him and he cannot get out of the, like Booker is gotten really good at the Harden type move. And even Chris Paul does it to an extent, Lou Williams to an extent where he launches into the body and then goes up with a shot. And he was getting that call the last couple of games. Is he going to get it in game six? Maybe not, but that's one that Mark can't avoid and Drummond can. And so that's, that's one thing where I, they just kept attacking him over and over again. And he's going to hit a three or two. Uh, he's shooting the ball really well from three to kind of make up for it to some extent on the other end, but he's going to play regardless. So he, I don't really, the, it's not going to be to me the difference of if you're not starting Dennis or you're not starting Drummond, or, but you're still going to have to play him. So you may as well start him and and then have them like hope that that empowers them some. And then just like he did in Phoenix, have those guys on standby. So they're all going to play. What I wouldn't do is play 13 guys. I would say, all right, here's the 10 that we're going with for this game. You know, and in this case, I might have THT might be a guy that I'm using off the bench because I need a little bit more punch. But Macklemore's not playing. Um, you know, McKinney's not playing. And I don't I honestly don't know if KCP is going to play. I would be a little bit honestly surprised if he's able to play in full like based on how he came out the game. So if I'm not sure and that's a way that you can get Caruso into the starting lineup, Pete, uh, there you go. Right, for KCP. So then you're going shooter, Caruso, um, LeBron, Drummond, and this is where now that here's our second spot, right? Do you go Morris again? Do you just do you start Kuz and hope that he gets back? And and I don't I don't think Morris has been playing well enough to start again. So that's why I probably go Kuz um, in that in that setting. And um, but that's tough. Like it's there isn't a there isn't a great answer. Or I guess you can go West and just go smaller. So maybe you you go between West and Kuz and. I could be convinced to go west over Kuz. I disagreed with starting Keefe because we need spacing. LeBron needs more spacing and having him at the four rather than at the three, I think is essential to achieving that. So I really, really hope LeBron starts at the four in this game. Can I just make a radical suggestion? Please. You got to win one game. Who are your five best players? So five best or five playing the best right now, I suppose, is where. Mm. Who are the five guys that you trust the most to go out there and perform? Oh, I I told you mine. That was my starting lineup. LeBron, Caruso. um, God, in this matchup, Drummond versus Gasol is trickier. But I'm Darius. I kind of have to split the difference there because I think they're both going to play. Yeah. And I don't know which one. They're better in different situations, right? There isn't one that it's like a super clear thing. So you take your pick. Uh, between those two i was gonna throw out this radical idea about like oh if there's a radical starting lineup that i would start but i would say this this group isn't going to start so so i'm just gonna say it right here a five-man group and i want to see this next game Uh, and this is assuming kcp does not play like mike i think it's a good point that the way he came out of the game and in general the way that he was moving towards the end of his last shift um It's tricky with only basically, what, like 36 hours. I want to see a Dennis, Wes, Caruso, LeBron, Kuz lineup. Oh, LeBron at the five. I want, look. Or Kuz at the five. Yeah. Or whoever at the five. LeBron's going to guard Aiton. Which he can. If Aiton Aiton is in the game. Now, I wanted to see a super small lineup during a competitive portion of the game. 
the last game. And I yeah. was hoping, I was hoping, and I wrote it up this way when I did my pregame preview, I was hoping that would be in the second half where there would be of game five, where the game would be close-ish, right? And the Lakers then would be able to go to something that they probably hadn't shown during the uh, during the earlier stage of the game, catch Phoenix a little bit off guard and and force Monty Williams into making real personnel decisions when it comes to one of their best players this series, maybe their second best player this series in Aiton, right? Or their first best. I mean, Booker probably leapfrogged him with his performance the last game. But on balance, Aiton's been better than Chris Paul because he's been available the whole time and not hampered by by injury and it's been very productive. I'd love to see the Lakers go small and sort of look, sort of we talk we we joke about this online with like the we believe like the we believe Lakers, right? The last the the real we believe team, those Warriors teams, they were just like, yeah, guess what? All all of our best guys who can compete in this series, they are they are the smaller dudes. Right. So, yeah, I know it's not a one to one comparison. Right. With like guys like Dirk and Brendan Haywood against like a guy like DeAndre Ayton, for for example. But I think the Lakers need to say, yeah, we need spacing. We need quickness. We need defense. We need guys who can stunt in the paint or actually be in the paint and get back out to to the three-point line those are our wings every big on the floor is too slow to do that and they're definitely too slow to contain the point of attack with campaign and booker and chris paul all of those guys have been getting not destroyed but it's it's worked in phoenix's favor way too often with everything that's happened in all of the screen actions and all of the point point of attack stuff. So I'd like to see more quickness infused into the lineup. Yeah, that's something that if uh, to whatever degree Mark plays, and obviously I'm advocating for him to start resolving that, I'd like to see more traps. I thought we were in way too many drops in that first quarter when things started to go out of hand. But Mark's picked up some fouls out on the perimeter there too. But I think that that is even so he will win some of those battles. He'll win more of those battles than he will in the drops. But I think it's a it's a good point that matching quickness is going to be essential. Of, of that end, uh, or uh, along those lines, Mike, does Trez fit into this? I think that in the absence of AD and with our offense being as rough as it's been, uh, Trez has played well in this series when he's gotten the opportunity to. He's been a guy that like scores eight but gives up six type of guy, but we need a guy to just score eight. And if we're giving up six, we can sur- survive that. Do you see a place for Trez, uh, maybe not in the starting lineup, but off of the bench? Almost anything that you were going to ask me here, I'm, I'm going to fit into the same answer. As you guys sure. are going back and forth and as we're naming names, like, guys, the whole problem, at least in, in some ways, is because they're doing 75 different lineups. And just, like, they have to fit, they have to go to something where these guys know what they're doing together. And what whatever they we don't have today, that. and whatever that group that. is, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is like. They, they that's what they have to. Some of these guys have played in rotations together this year. The ones that have, I think, should play in the rotation again in game six, period. There's no this. Oh, we're going to unleash this blitz on them at this point, or we're going to slide. Trez is going to. I don't. There's nothing that I think is going to be more important than them actually just trusting whatever they did the most in the regular season. 
But what is that? What are what is the lineup, for example, that has played the most together that it is available for this game? There. So this is part of this is of course why we're why the conversation is tricky and why Frank Vogel is trying different stuff because there isn't there hasn't been one lineup that's just worked um, throughout the series. But there have been some that have better that have been better than others, and you know that like I still think that's why you have to start so Schroeder. And Drummond and LeBron. Um, and if KCP can't play, then Wes, who has started some this year. And then Kuzma. Like that lineup has at least played together some. And then you bring, uh, in this case, you can bring Caruso off the bench. Or he can start and you keep it a little bit tighter. You don't go to, you don't you don't switch things around so quickly, I guess. And I know, I, I, as I'm saying it, I know it's not like a great answer. But I, I just there think are no great answers. Trying, that portion? Yeah, I think it beats trying to find combos on the fly um, at what? this point. I think just hey, look, look, you guys. I know, I know the group. But guess what? I'm sticking with this group. Okay, in practice, this is the group that's going to play together. We're going to stick with it. You guys are going to ride it out. You're going to play better, and you're going to hit shots, and you know, rah rah. <laughs> What's the fewest number of guys you would feel comfortable saying these are the guys who are going to play tonight? I actually do not think that he can play ten guys. I agree with that. LeBron, Drummond, Schroeder, Gasol, Wes, Caruso, Kuzma. That's seven. Um, THT is eight. And then, you know, Harrell is nine. Right? And that's essentially – and so that's leaving off – that's leaving off Keefe. That's leaving off McKinney uh, and McLemore from last game. I'm with you, D. I think this is a seven-player rotation type of game. Right. Where you so to to your point, Mike, about the sticking with something I would in 99 percent of the time, I would agree with your point on continuity. But even the lineup that you mentioned that they barely know how to play together even still. And so if we had something better as a foundation, this has been my my point for quite some time now is that we don't have something to build off of, whether it's lineups, whether it's go-to actions or things like that, that in the absence of that, I think that it, we do have to play a certain degree of whack-a-mole. I think that's the position that we're in. But front court. So like LeBron, Drummond and Kuzma have played, uh, have played some together. Now Drummond has barely played with anybody. So I guess that's the point where you could make about putting Mark in. Um, and then so he so like if that if that if you want to make that point, I can I can see that. And that's fine, because guess what? Mark mm-hmm. is going to play with those guys plenty. So if we're, it's almost like this the, having the starting lineup discussion, I guess, to me, feels a little bit um, a little bit excessive. But yes, that if, if we're to to square that point, then I will. Let's just concede it. So then you're going to go Gasol, Kuzma, LeBron, Schroeder, Wes, who is an approximation for KCP. And then uh, that's, a, that's fair. Yeah. And so that so then I guess the, the real only difference there, and this speaks to the lack of continuity in general, is Drummond. But he has been around now. It has been two months and he basically knows what he's doing, you know, in, in terms of what the scheme is. Is he going to execute it every time? I don't know. But, yeah, this is where we've reached the um, at least for me, this is the point of man. It got here real quick, right? Like this is what teams are having to do when they're on the other side. Life, of comes, at you. Life comes at you quick, doesn't it? It, yeah, it the AD injury was a, a death knell in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, look, if KCP does not play and AD does not play, which I think the team needs to plan for those things. 
a seven-man rotation is the five wings, basically, counting LeBron, right? So that's that's Dennis, Caruso, Wes, Kuz, LeBron. And then the two bigs, Mark and Drummond. That's seven guys. Most teams in the playoffs can get away with, like, the most bare-bones lineups are typically seven and a half guys. When, mm-hmm. when the Raptors won the championship, they basically played seven and a half guys. And the half a guy is a guy who probably only plays one shift. He pr- and he probably plays a first half shift in order to spell one or two players from not having to play the full 24 minutes. And, right. and so those guys can go longer in the second half if they have to. I would advocate saying that those seven guys are probably the seven guys, right? And honestly... If I'm playing a half a guy, it might be THT. Sure. Because it's not going to be because it's not going to be another big. Especially right? if we're going smaller. Yeah. THT, like we need to expand driving lanes. That's the we haven't gotten into a ton yeah. of the X's and O's and minutiae of it, but just expanding driving lanes is, is central in this game. I agree. I th- I do think THT's gotta be gotta be in there for some minutes. You're just gonna have to live with him getting beat a couple times by Booker or Chris Paul. And like the rotations be and, and just hope that he's getting to the rim. Uh, but I do to Pete's earlier point though, Darius, like I, I do try, I'm trying to figure out some way to get Trez some minutes. Like when LeBron's off the floor, it just, it does get to be hard with the way Phoenix plays to have all those bigs, you know, to have three bigs playing. Look, if you're going to say play a different seventh guy and you want one of those seven guys to be Trez, then I'm sorry, Andre Drummond. Maybe you don't play this game. And this is where, and, and Pete, you eloquently said said this the last pod about like, hey, we're a little bit deep in the alphabet now when it comes to plans, right? Because that's what happens, particularly when you have injuries, right? And the injury already puts you on to plan B or C when it's such a main cog like like Anthony Davis, it probably pushes you to plan D and E because mm-hmm. those guys are integral pieces for multiple lineups they are pillars they are lineup pillars they they are they are foundational players what you've been in, around yeah. in in the in the essence of the word right and so that guy's a starter that guy's an anchor for a second unit he is going to be an anchor for another unit that is like a third that uh, that is a second bench based unit and on down the line and that's why things get tricky for the Lakers here like chemistry or continuity is out the window that went out the window probably much earlier than this series it's something that we've been talking about on this pod for for a long time but when it comes right down to it the the team in general they need to find I think at the most basic level they need to find seven players who are going to go out there and say our season doesn't end tonight. That's right. Like that it from at the most basic level, that's it right there. Now competitiveness will only get you so far. We have, we have talked about the Lakers talent for a long time. Being down AD hurts being down KCP would hurt. Right. But there's still a bunch of guys on this roster who are very good basketball players, mm-hmm. right? I- including LeBron James. And so while the talent may not be there in comparison to a very good Suns team at this stage 
with where both teams teams are at. I still trust that Lakers have six or seven guys to go out there and have enough talent to say we can win this basketball game. So the next step is belief, right? And if you believe and you do everything at full speed, irrespective of what the outcomes are going to be, focus on doing the thing that you're supposed to do, doing your job, every possession. That's the formula for this team to be competitive and be in the game and then potentially win it. And if enough things go in your favor, I'm not saying win it comfortably, but win it in a way where you can even establish more belief, right? But we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. There are so many more ways the Lakers can lose this game than there are that they can win this game. But the Mm -hmm. ways that they can win, win this game, they are so straightforward that there's only really one or two ways to attack that. And that's right. And I think that it starts with belief and it starts with saying, look, in the same way, Mike, you've said this a bunch like in in our group chat, but even on on the pod too. those games where a team only has seven guys available because, oh, this guy's out with COVID protocol and this guy's got a turned ankle and this guy's got a sore back. And suddenly you've got eight guys on your team. Those eight guys feel like shit. I'm going to go out here and do whatever the hell I want because I know I'm not getting pulled. I know that I'm getting my minutes tonight. And on some levels, reducing the rotation to me can have that same effect. Vogel's going to have to gather these guys and say, these are the dudes tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, for sure. And if there's one, if there's the last thought for me, Pete, like coming out of that group of guys, thinking about who has a little bit more upside in their games well, so we know that Kuz does, but it hasn't been there from a scoring and shooting perspective in the same way. It, it hasn't been there. I think the lack of reps once AD and LeBron both got back has gotten him out of that mindset. So I don't know if you can count on it being there. So the guy that I'm going to point to is Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is the guy. That was what you made that trade for. And we don't, we don't need to do the Danny Green thing again, Pete, certainly right now. But like that's, that's a guy in this kind of climate. You're not having the question about uh, like you know what he's going to do. You know you're going to trust it. So shooter, for a while this season, did give you the really steady defensive effort. He gave you somewhat consistent offense, and he's got to find a way. To, he he was what was he 0 for nine last game, and it's not yeah. just the O for it's the take 15 shot, get to the free throw line. That's right. Fly into DeAndre Ayton. Like that's I know it's in you, Dennis, because that's what your whole persona is. He's feisty. The dude is feisty with everybody. That's his personality. Like, that's great. Um, except for family seems to be – that's where he can kind of wonderfully chill out and calm down. But, like, that to me, out of all of these guys about where they can get to and what who can do a little more, regardless of what the defense – like, he's got to do it. And, and I know the paint's cra- crowded, blah, blah. But, like, I got – you got to see something else from Dennis Schroeder for me. Show me the feisty. I want to see it. This is the time to, to see it. And as Darius said, like it's it's a matter of belief. And that's why I think the beginning of this game is essential. And finding those guys that have that belief that our season is not going to end in, in this game is going to be a big part of game six. We'll be back to break it down when once that's over. Hopefully we'll have a game seven to talk about, uh, but we, we shall see. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's in. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. 
Seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble. And banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.